know. I um for one felt like I didn't feel like I was loved, you know, because for one, you know, my dad never showed me attention. And then like after a while I had started getting tired with my mom, I was like, nobody nobody loved me. And then I had got put out. And I tried to get initiated with the gang um, at school. And um, I remember that day because my grandma um, actually had talked to me like a while back and she was like, um, what you doing is not you. She said, Use your mic. You push the little button. Said, you, um, you are a child of God. And you know it, you was raised in a family of preaching and, you know, giving the word. She said, so why are you trying to um, fit in with a crowd you're not on? As you can see, you're not getting the result that you um, expected. So um, I thought about that. And after a while, I had got to an, uh, another incident with um, Arson, I want to say. I had got um, arrested for that because I had... Um, was in the um, bathroom when they set the bathroom on fire at school. And the had got me in trouble. So I was like, you know what? I... Use it on. Just push the little button. <laughs> the battery's low. Okay, um, it's on. <laughs> um, yeah, I, was, um, I got in trouble for arson. And then after that, um, I got home, I got into an argument with my mom. She was like, why did you do this? Because she kept asking me, do you know who did it? Do you know who did it? I kept saying, no, I lied about it, I lied about it. Until simple fact, I just came up with it and said, I had something to do with it. And these boys had been picking me up. So I hung myself. And when I hung myself, um, I had got sent to a hospital for like two weeks. I was thinking, I was like, um, why did I do this? I asked God, I said, why? I said, I had no reason to. And he said, I said, why didn't you just take my life right then and there? He was like, you have a purpose on this earth. Yeah. He was like, you were to die. you were designed to, you know, give the word and, you know, speak to the youth. Yeah. So this what this all came about. I was like, but I'm not ready for all that. I'm only 17 years old. I'm only doing this. He said, he said, when you sing, you minister. He said, now, to sell fact, now you can just minister without singing and not getting, um, you know, nervous. Because I still get nervous when I sing in front of big crowds. And he was like, when you sing, you minister very well. The words just come up out of you. And I thought about it then. I talked to my brother Ernest who's back there. Um, we were and I talked to him. I said, hey, man, you know. I think I'm ready. He was like, ready. I said, I want to accept my calling, you know, and um, ministry. So he said, you think you're ready for real, for real? I said, yeah. He told me, cut out with all the plans and all the, you know, they know I like the joke and all. So he cut out with all that. I said, I'm ready. And then so, like, that night, I went up for prayer. I told, who was Miss West, I want to say? I said, Miss West, I'm tired of all the plans. I'm tired of all the games and all of that. And I said, I want to be real with the Lord. And so after that, she prayed for me. She said, you're ready. And, and 
after that, I had um, been studying for this and this and this, and it's been actually kind of hard, you know, because this is my first time talking to my speaking period. And I'm still nervous to these days, you know, <laughs> as of right now. Like, I don't know, say for real, for real. Um, but um, you know, I'm gonna um, start with like, what is a bully? A bully to me is someone who likes picking on others because they're bigger or because they have so much anger, so they take it out on the others, physically and verbally. A bully to me hasn't always been a bully. At a point, there was an instance in person until something or someone messed their life up. A bully is someone who has nothing better to do with their life. A bully is one of the reasons I tried taking my own life. Bullies pick on others that they can intimidate. Every man faces every man faces a Goliath. That's why I wanted to talk about you know, the biggest bully in the Bible. <laughs> Teach, Pastor. <laughs> Teach Like I see you being successful, and I want to become a um, 
seen you have an event come and I say, yeah, the topic is on you. Hmm. And he's like, what you mean? Look I at say, God. You're the reason. You're one of the reasons I'm having this event. So what you mean? I say, you bullied me throughout my whole high school year. Oh, Jesus. And I said that front now. This whole crew. And they, they looked at me and started laughing. They were like, this man's crazy. You really saying this wrong? Well, you're not going to touch me. He was covered. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
say my grandma is over all the time, you know what I'm saying? She always tell me she loves me, then she come with a whole word. <laughs> <laughs>
like evolving bad like this. And I started crying right there. I was like, oh man, I said, I see how my mom and all don't felt when I listen at home like that. Mm-hmm. I said, I feel as if you're my own blood sister telling me this. And you didn't really hurt my feelings by saying that. Then she called me back later on that day. And her mother actually got the phone and was like, she told me what happened, this and that. She said, she said, I think she said, I don't know you. I don't know what made her call you or anything. But she said, I thank you. She said, I don't know what I would have done without my baby. Because they had been going through financially, her mother said. I've been hurting her and not knowing how, you know, she's going to take care of the baby if she were to kill herself and, you know, um, going back to work because the baby's not in daycare or anything. And she was like, um, she was like, she just kept saying, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. She was crying. She had said, can I pray for you, this and that. She prayed for me. And I said, I received it. You know, I, I say that to everybody now. Like, I used to not let everybody pray for me. I was like, I just say I receive it to everyone now, you know. Because, you know, anything can happen with just one word. Like, you gotta, like what I learned to do, you just, you just call on the name of Jesus and it works. Like, I didn't like doing that a lot. Like, my grandma always, she still tell me this to this day. We'll be in church, like, just call on the name of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Like I, I said, I was just sitting there, like, who's that, what? Coming back from Florida, she did that, coming back from Florida. We went to church every, I mean, had the arm um, She was like, raise your hand, call on Jesus. I was sitting there, on my hand, I stand up, she was like, raise your hand. I raised my hand, I put them right there down, said, I said, get up, call on Jesus. <laughs> and when I said that, I saw call on Jesus out the church. I don't know how. Are you at a good stopping point right now? Okay. <laughs> you 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 actually um, stated that you were nervous. I I would never know that. 
that was um, Katie Davis, and he was sharing with us his testimony. And I wanted to share some statistics. Statistically, according to PACER's National Bullying Prevention Center, more than 20.8% students report being bullied. Okay, this brought to us by the National Center for Educational <laughs> Statistics in 2016. Also, 64% of children who were bullied and did not report it, only 35% reported being bullied. That's brought to us by authors, excuse me, Petrosenia, Guckenberg, DeVoe, and Hansen in 2010. Again, more than half of bullying prevention programs decrease bullying by up to 25%. So, Katie, that foundation that you were talking to me about establishing, I don't know if bullying is one of these um, services or topics that you would like to share, but this statistic says that more than half of bullying Prevention programs, so they have a positive impact on anti-bullying. McCallion and Feeder, 2013, um, have stated that. The reasons for being bullied reported most often by students. Can any of you guess, anybody, audience? What reasons do you think students report most for being bullied? Anybody? Panelists? Ma'am? They need help? Anybody else? Why might someone be bullied? I was bullied as a child. You may not believe, but I was skinny. I, they used to call me olive oil. Some kids, they call them their fat. Some kids, they talk about their race. Some kids, they talk about their clothes. They may not have the most up-to-date Jordans, shoes, right? There's all kinds of reasons. But the reasons for being bullied reported most often by students were their looks, 55%, their body shape, and race, 16%. Cited Davis and Nixon, 2010. So what we're dealing with here is a serious issue. Um, most of us have been bullied at some point in our lives. And as we progress through this event, what you will also learn is that bullying does not just happen to children. It does not just happen um, to high schoolers. Bullying can start with the preschool, the elementary, the middle school, the high school, college, and I hate to say it because I get it almost every week on social media. I am cyber bully, text bully as an adult, and I'm 51 years old. So bullying is real, okay? And it has serious um, consequences, as we will learn from law enforcement, Captain Field. And it also has, can have, a serious um, adverse effect, Dr. Moore, on us mentally. So thank you for sharing with us um, his testimony. And we are, um, again, live on Facebook. And at this point, I want to bring to you um, Brianca Hardy. Brianca is going to share with us 
prophetic praise dance. So we're going to um, get started with that. Okay. Well, at this point, I'd like to introduce to you Mrs. Um, Latresa Glasper. And she is the mother of our keynote speaker who you guys previously heard from a few minutes ago, um, Danico Davis. Latresa is going to talk to us about she's going to talk to us about um, bullying from a parent's perspective. How does a parent feel? What is this? How does this make a parent feel? How does a parent react? How does a parent get involved? Can you help us with that? Can you share it with us? Thank you. 
seeing my mom house just a little bit tight, getting me and stuff. It's like, you got to calm yourself down. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to calm down. But just for that day happened on the side of the screen with him being drunk, Lee, mama, I was like, because you're going to, because you're going to jump, you're not going to jump in front of me. That's just me. You're not going to jump my child in front of me. And you think I'm just going to sit here. trouble again in school.
we drive and we're following this ambulance to see where we got to go. We made it to Laverne. We was at Deacon's Children's Home. And I thank God because God even placed people. Once we got to the hospital, God placed people in our lives. The guy was his church is gone now but they were here because they prayed for us and I thank God for it Amen. okay well we have heard from Latresa Glasper the mother of Katie Davis um, from a parental perspective of how bullying can not only affect the parent but she also shared with us how bullying impacted their family and how she reacted to the bullying. I should say the, the maladaptive or maladjusted behavior that her son um, showed as a result of the bullying. Hurtful and they do it once. Would you consider that bullying? I'm sorry? Intentional. Okay. Well, let me backtrack. When someone says or does something unintentionally hurtful, and one time, is that being a bully or being rude? Okay. All right. What do y'all say, Pamela? Is that rude or being a bully? If someone does something unintentionally hurtful one time, Rude. Okay. So we're all in agreement. We know what rudeness is. 
Now, when someone says or does something intentionally hurtful and they do it once, is that being a bully or is it being rude or is it being mean? Well, whoever wrote this publication said it's being mean. <laughs> I say all of the above, too. Okay, last one. A little trivia, right? This is Jeopardy. Bully Jeopardy. When someone says or does something intentionally hurtful and they keep doing it, even when you tell them to stop, you are upset. What is that? Okay. I just wanted to uh, make sure we all understood the definition of bullying. Y'all are well educated. I just want to talk to Dr. Moore. I want her to talk to us for a minute or two. We're nearing the end of this. And Dr. Moore, you are on your way to becoming a licensed um, counselor, professional counselor, LPC. Okay, and you have a PhD. Your PhD is in marriage and family therapy. Okay, trying to get this thing to switch around for me. There we go. Okay, so Dr. Moore is um, one of the co-founders of the Lifeline Harbor Counseling Practice, African American female counseling practice here in Montgomery, Alabama. I was pleased to make her acquaintance first in July of last year when she um, served on my first panel discussion. This now a 15-city tour throughout this country and three other countries. When we leave here today, we'll be on the road officially. Birmingham was in, uh, how do you say that, sir, interstate? We're going global. But I would love for you to share, Dr. Moore, per your professional expertise, with our audience here in front of us and in social media. How do counselors become involved or how can those who are being bullied, parents who are the parents of those being bullied, siblings, family, extended family, friends, get involved? How does, how does law enforcement interact with counselors in these situations? How is this handled? Okay, a lot of times, because law enforcement get involved, therefore the courts get involved, and they are referred. But before I get started, I want to thank Ms. Purdue and, um, and the panel. It makes my job easier. I'm just a member and a um, clinician. It's real easy. I consider myself a counselor and a counselor, and that's what I do with my um, business. Um, but anyway, um, it was kind of hard. Everything like at a red road crossing. Stop, look. 
you look and you listen to them because there are different somethings going on and you want to know. And a lot of times it's not the girlfriend or the boyfriend experience. In this case, it was bullying. And bullying takes on what you call a psychosocial effect. It affects you um, psychological where you begin to change. Just like you said, you begin to act out. And Megan's mom at that time didn't understand that he was being bullied. And it could have gotten worse. He could have killed himself or he could have harmed someone else. Because a lot of times, the bullier becomes the bully in certain ways. It affects you socially. It can be a lifetime event where it changed your life drastically. You can go from a happy camper to someone that's just mean. Never. It just never goes never. away. And a lot of times people would just really, 
high-end technology, they take that and they use that as a tool to manipulate you as well. So I just thank you for my time and I thank everybody for allowing me to be on the podium. We can talk all day about bullying because I don't think that so just let's just love on each other and let's just talk to each other. Thank you. Thank you. So we are just about at a close here. And how many of you have, um, do you feel that this event has um, added value and benefit to your lives? Has that, has you done that today? Okay. Because what this is all about, Car Jones Unlimited is a performing arts company, but what we're trying to do through Car Jones Unlimited is to promote wholeness and healing. As I stated, I'm working on my second master's in clinical mental health counseling. How many of you know that music and art are forms of therapy? How many of you, for instance, when you feel in this way that you might up you might down, you'll play this type of song or that type of song, or you might watch this type of movie or go out and partake in this type of social activity or not, right? You might, some people like to draw. That's art. It's a form of the performing arts. And it's just now, Dr. Moore, how many decades now have they started using music and art therapy? in the counseling um, services. It really has been um, prevalent in the last 20 yeah. uh, years. It really started with the baby boomers in the 70s when they noticed how music helped people calm and, and whatever. But now they have a division in Maryland and family that's dedicated to um, play therapy, which involves music, music therapy. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. So I just want you to understand when you see Car Jones coming up like we have produced these events, you can, before you leave, take a look at some of the marketing uh, material in previous events that this company has produced. All this, I'm a musician. I play piano, Hammond B3, organ, violin, viola. I don't get to do it much now, but I play. When I sit down, I can still do it. But performing arts have always been a big part of my life as well since the age of four. And so it's a, that's what this is all about. It's my passion, okay? And I thank God that he's allowing me to um, live out my passion again because for 25-plus years as an accountant and um, comptroller, controller, CFO, I didn't have time to play. I barely had time to breathe. So it's nice to be able to do this, okay? Um, I want to thank each of you, panelists, Captain Field, Dr. Moore, Latricia, Lisa, Danico, Pastor Meadows, I want to thank all of you um, for participating. I want to thank the audience for engaging. I want to thank Brianca for the prophetic dance. I'm uh, a photographer for today. I didn't get a chance to announce him as I like to do. It's customary practice, y'all. So if y'all saw what I was doing on Facebook, I like to give honor and announce, like the audience to know ahead of time what they might expect. Okay, and who they might expect to hear from. But before we close, we're going to end this production. It's a performing arts stage production, a panel with live entertainment. It was entitled Bullying is a No-No. 
presented to you by Carr Jones Unlimited, my performing arts company, and CP and Associates, my professional business consulting firm. You can check me out on Facebook. My business profile page is Cara, C-A-R-A, Jones. I, I think I got space for four more friends right now. I will be doing something different soon, so y'all can keep up with me another way. On Instagram, you can keep up with me at Apperson, C-P-A-S-S-O-C underscore C-J-U. If you'd like to call me, my business number is 334-462-1147. Dr. Morgan, can you please share with us? Yes, ma'am. It's 334-523-1147. Um, three, three, and we're on the website at lifebrownharbor.com. Pastor Meadows, I'm sorry, green and orange? Yes, ma'am. Pastor Meadows, if you don't mind, can you share um, with the audience your practice, your, your ministry? Um, I have First Baptist Church in Whitehall, Alabama. Uh, we have service at 10 o'clock uh, on Sundays and Victory Through Faith Worship Center here in Montgomery. We worship uh, at 6 o'clock on Sundays. Um, I can uh, be reached via Facebook, Courtney D. Meadows or Reverend Courtney D. Meadows or CD of Ministries uh, on Facebook. Um, you can always reach me at the church, 334-875-6099, or at the website, www.courtneymeadowsministries.com. Captain Fields, if they need to get to the Millbrook Police Department, what's the best way to reach the police in Millbrook? We're at 3950 Grandview Road, Millbrook, Alabama. The number there is 285-6832. Thank you, sir. My email address is Ron Fields at cityofmillbrook-al.com. Thank you. We're going to move on, and I would like to ask Captain Ron Fields. I'd like to introduce y'all to him again. Captain Ron Fields is a part of my city, um, my municipality where I live, Millbrook. Yes. Old force. <laughs> He's been a part of my family a long time, and we love him. But he's here with us from the Millbrook Police Department. And Captain Fields is going to talk to us about how law enforcement gets involved with bullying. What's their role in this thing? Sir, I give the floor to you. Thank you. Hmm. We've always had organized college. I'll give you a little personal history. I've been bullied uh, at one time by my own family. I had family members that, that told me, because at, at, at a young age, I was a big guy. I was a big guy. I had a, a as fast as your body does sometimes.
So thank the Amen. Lord for a praying grandmother and grandfather. shouldn't be fighting against the book that got us where we are today. KKK. Another example of big bullies. That's all they are. They bullied us, predominantly blacks and immigrants, because they wanted us to be submissive to them. Mm -hmm. They wanted to feel like they were superior to us. And that's a lot of times what bullies do. They want to get in organized groups and cliques, as we can put it, that, that make them feel like they're superior for whatever reason. And that's why we had some, the, the KKK went as far as to take people in lynching, beat them, take their businesses from them, put undue uh, stipulations on them. You couldn't go places, you couldn't do things. That's another form of bullying. I became involved in it. I, I can remember going down to uh, visit someone on Jeff Davis where they used to have the, the health clinic. Still had over, they painted over with white, but they still had colored and white water fountains down there. So, I mean, we participated as a government in that. Gangs, nothing but organized bullies. That's all they are. They take advantage, like they tried to take advantage of this young man here. You know, and, and, and my granddaddy told me something a long time ago, God rest his soul. Son, there's people that are gonna, gonna do stuff and they want people to go along with them. And he gave, he gave an example. And you got to understand, this, this gentleman had a third grade education, but he had a lot of mother with he had He took care of all his children. He made sure that we went to school, we got an education, we did the right thing. He wasn't afforded that opportunity. He was one generation up from slavery. He told me, he said, you can go around, you can hang a piece of dog crap around your neck. If you can say this, I guarantee somebody have a bigger piece around their neck the next, next two weeks. <laughs> That's the drift of our society. We tend to involve ourselves in things that are outlandish, mm -hmm. things that are foolish. We forget our purpose. We become one track. Now, it's, a, it's another thing that we have to guard against as parents. 
And I'm going to give you a little acronym that you might want to remember. We ended up having parents that are BRAFs, biologically adult-related friends. Hmm. That's what we end up being as parents. You can't do that. Children want discipline. They want to be taught in a manner such as respect. They, they want to have an understanding about life. You should have an understanding because you're older. But a lot of times we become as foolish as a child. You can't allow yourself to be that brat. I see a lot of that in law enforcement. You go into a home, the child feels like he's equal to the mother or the father. They have just as much conversation for you as the child. That cannot happen. Somebody has to be in charge. If you're a good lawyer, you're raising. And, and we, we do a poor job of that. And, and it leads to some of the problems that we have. Because if you do that, say your, your child decides he or she needs a cell phone, seen a lot of instances of it. You give your child eight or nine years old a cell phone, and you give them access to the internet, and you don't monitor, something bad is going to happen. Mm -hmm. I've seen that a lot. Young ladies, we had a group of young ladies, I'll tell you one little story. Uh, they decided to get these two young girls because they were friends' phones uh, as a gift. Nothing wrong with that. But in the long run, these two young ladies were conversing with a young man that was 35 years old, and he was uh, sending them illicit pictures, teaching them how to expose themselves to him. And nobody, the girls didn't tell their parents. They were enjoying the attention, mm -hmm. the attention, and being part of, of what was going on. And eventually, one mother had enough. And put a stop to it. There's a lot of that that goes on, people. You cannot be a brat to your children. Now, technology has made it easy for the coward to hide. Just like this 35-year-old gentleman had an opportunity, he could hide. Technology makes it easy for the coward to get on, on, on Facebook and, and harass somebody, bully them. You know, you got to notice the signs. You know, it, it's hard. We're busy. I'm a busy man. I'm sure everybody's busy because they have to make it. But you have to pay attention to what you're in charge of. If you leave a pot on the stove, it's going to do two things if you put water in it. So, excuse me. It's going to boil over or it's going to burn. You decide what happens to that pot. And that pot is your child. You need to watch it. Hmm. I, I, all the time I look in my neighborhood, I see kids that come in one door and the parents come in another. Nobody's paying attention to the child. Child sitting out there, he has a device, he has... I, I will, I, I'll tell you, I'm bold enough. I'm that parent that tells kids, you got some loud, un, unsavory music on your phone, to say the least. You can turn that out. You can put your earplugs in if you want to listen at that. You're not going, that music's not good enough for you to be walking down my street cursing out loud for me to hear, <laughs> my wife to hear, or any other child in the neighborhood. You can put that up. But so many parents make like they don't hear. Mm -hmm. And we don't hear some of the things that we need to hear. So we, we need to put a stop to that. I'll, I'll talk about Title 13A. Title 13A in the state of Alabama is going to be your fighting stick. 13A, 11-8. You can look it up at your, your leisure. I have a printout of it here if you want to get a copy of it. What it simply states is it talks about harassment and harassing communications. Okay? You can call your local law enforcement agency. We can come out and do a report. We can, we can let you go down and see the magistrate. You have up to a year to sign a warrant. You can see the magistrate, fill out an affidavit, and you can get a warrant. 
You can sign a juvenile petition, which is just a juvenile affidavit stating that you need a warrant. You will go to juvenile court. You can make these young bullies accountable. But if you do nothing, you allow them to continue to do what they're doing. And people take pride in it. They'll, they'll, they'll involve another. They'll get somebody else. And before long, there's a lot of weight that's on a young man and woman's shoulders. So you have to use the tools that are available to you. Now, as law enforcement, we try to get in our schools. We try to get partnership with our counselors. We try to identify things that may be happening. There's a lot of it that goes on in the school. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of wannabe gang members. There's a lot of wannabe uh, just social groups. And I, I hate to say this, some of our young females are worse than the guys. Mm -hmm. They will talk about one another in a heartbeat. Yep, they sure will. Nasty. They get nasty. on Facebook Woo. and they will talk. They will stir up fights. <laughs> We've had incidents where there was one nice event we used to have in Millbrook summer. For the most part, we had people that were decent and in order were going to do what they were supposed to do. But what put the event to the end was some young people decided to get on Facebook. They were going to have a big fight. Because mm. one little group, one of the gang group, was going to fight another little group of guys who they felt like they needed to be in control of. So it was amazing to me that we knew about it. And this didn't stop those young people because when the, when the day came, Everybody was out there, young women, young men, everybody had their little phone on, everybody wanted to videotape this big fight. So sadly, we had to come in and be law enforcement, put a stop to the fight, the only way we knew how, by force. Mm. And those young men that decided they wanted to fight mm -hmm. our presence, they were shamefully handled and taken to jail. Now, it's unfortunate, but in the long run, we stopped people from losing their lives, somebody from getting shanked or shot, and that kind of thing. Young people, help your parents. Stay away if you can from the negative influences in your life. You're gonna have to make a decision at some point. At some point in your life, you're gonna have to look in your own mirror. It's not gonna be your parent's decision. It's not gonna be your brother's sister's decision. You're gonna have to look in your own mirror and decide which way you wanna go in life. It's gonna be totally up to you. You're gonna have to decide whether you're gonna be a praying person or you're just gonna be an evil person. And, and, and take on life as it is, I would suggest to you that you're not going to win with that route. If you don't decide that you're going to pray about things, you don't decide that you're not going to have any faith, you're not going to make it. I can't do it in my job. You know, even though I'm charged with enforcing the laws of the state of Alabama, I feel like it's a calling as if any other calling is. You can't do this job without some kind of faith. Amen. You can't do this job without a strong basis. It's not going to happen. And that's why over 27 years, I've seen a lot of people fail. It's just not a job you can go on and not take it to heart. Because you're going to encounter, encounter some things you never going to have never seen before. You're going to encounter some situations in people's lives. They will seem as if something that you never think possible. But these situations exist. And simply because a lot of these people, this is their life. Mm -hmm. It is warm milk to them. What you see is as slop and degrading and nasty. This is warm milk to them. This is the way they live. And I'll say this. Sadly, I know a family that lives in our jurisdiction. Every young male in the household has been incarcerated. Everyone. Mercy. It is sad. And sadly, in this family of those young men, there's been some, some guys that have been, because I've coached at the high school, 
There's been some guys who've been some outstanding athletes, but their social skills they have none. There's there's no talk of prayer in their homes. All, only talk is about guns and drugs and ignorance. And they will bully other people because they feel like they're well living as well. So what can you do for somebody like that? Some of the young men from that family, it was always about prayer. It was always about, look, you can do better than the next one. Now there's one guy, one guy out of, I'll give you about 10 or 12, there's one guy, he hadn't been to jail yet. All right. Now, Thanks, that is a small victory, but it's one out of many that we need to accomplish. I appreciate your time. If we'll be careful for one another, we'll all make it together. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Captain Fields. We appreciate um, you sharing information with us about bullying and how law enforcement, you know, gets involved and in just some of the experiences that you've had with your um, line of work. And you said something um, that I'm glad you said Because a lot of times, you know, we go to work, right? We work. We got jobs. I got a job by y'all. I can get up here and make myself go. <laughs> and you go to work, and there's a thing. It got signs about it. What's that word? It starts with the H. Some pronounce it harassment. Others pronounce it. And so I had to, in my studies this morning as I was preparing um, my notations here, um, I had to know, is harassment considered bullying? I mean, in, in my mind it is, but I, I had to look it up. And it is, it's a form of bullying. So I, I think for hearing that, and I'm not going to go into that. But if y'all are experiencing that in the workplace, read them signs on the wall. They tell you what to do. And you can do it. In this state, too. I'm going to leave that alone. Um, I have some more information I wanted to share with you all. I'm going to ask you to hold this thing. Hopefully everybody can hear me. Um, I have some more statistics and data I wanted to share. Okay, and this has to do with what we're doing right now. See y'all live. Different one. Damien Mateggi is here. You know she's here. Damien's watching. Um, cyberbullying. Does anyone know what cyberbullying is? What is it, Dr. Moore? Can you repeat that one more time? Cyberbullying. Wow. Cyberbullying. I actually had to write a paper on it last year. 
more data for you. And we always try to justify or substantiate what we're talking about, right? So we want to share some evidence-based research with you. Among high school students, 15.5% are cyberbullies, and 20.2% are bullied on school property. That comes to us from the Center for Disease Control, the CDC in Atlanta, in 2015. Also, among middle school students, 24% are cyberbullies, and 45% are bullied on school property. Also from the CDC, 2015. Now, the percentages of individuals who have experienced cyberbullying at some point in their lifetimes has nearly doubled from 18% to 34%, just from the year 2007 to the year 2016. That's from Patchen and Hindija, authors, 2016. Lastly, 90% of teens, teenagers, who, key word here, who report to tell somebody that they have been cyberbullied, they have also been bullied on the streets, wherever. This is from the article, Seven Fears of Science of how mobile technologies may be influencing. Courtney Meadows is our next panelist. And I have some information I was going to share before he spoke. But because of what I just heard, and sometimes this happens, y'all understand. Uh, I have to speak on what God says about bullying. Loving thy neighbor, the golden rule. But because of what I heard something that we're going to call you Mama Glasper right now. The Mama Glasper said. And I remember being in a place like that, in his place, and my parents chastising me so they thought like that didn't go as far that time like that but pastor meadows if you will the bible talks about honoring the father and the mother right but if you will sir will you if you can share with us about a parent's response. What God said to the parent situation is this, when the child um, is going through these trying situations at school and they're acting out, which is what they call a lot of times. What does God say about that? How is the parent, how does God expect the parent to deal with the child? And then, what does God say about the bullying? Is that okay? Well, uh, first, I want to thank you, uh, Ms. Verdu, for, for having me. I couldn't say no to you. And uh, I'm just so uh, happy to share in this wonderful event. And I'm also grateful for the power of technology because, quite frankly, this room should be filled 
uh, with many young people and other family members because this is a, uh, a, a very um, important issue that needs to be addressed in our community. And so I not only take this time to address those in the room, but utilizing the power of technology, I pray that all that to them overcoming this crisis. Yes. And I go way back with them. Uh, I started <laughs> I preaching at the age of six. I got some paths with uh, uh, biblical faith around eight or nine. Uh, and so uh, I've known them for years. I'm 23 now, so you can count the years. Um, but knowing them, knowing his background, their family's background, they're spirit-filled, faith-filled people. And thinking about what the Bible says about overcoming, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So their faith um, has been instrumental to their lives. And what we've heard today is that faith was essential uh, to him overcoming. Faith is at the heart of this discussion, whether we talk about the parents' response, his response, how we respond as a community uh, to bullying, or even how a bully can overcome being a bully. Yes. Uh, faith is at the heart of it because we know God's love at the heart of everything. When Jesus spoke to his disciples, he said that he would give them a new commandment, and that is that we are to love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our strength. And we are to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. So love is at the heart uh, of this issue as we talk about faith, not only to overcome, but faith to even prevent it. Uh, some of the things that we're going through as it relates to bullying, if we understood God's commandment of love, we wouldn't have to deal with it. Uh, bullying like we're dealing with in our community. So love is at the heart of it. Um, your, to address your question, how does a parent respond? A parent responds in love. How do we respond even uh, to the bully? We've got to respond uh, in love because uh, scripture says that in, in essence, I'm paraphrasing it, that, that when you love it, it to that place where they have to reconsider uh, their treatment of us. And so what we have is not just a psychological problem, uh, a troubled child problem, troubled family problem, uh, troubled bully problem. We have at the heart of the issue, Ms. Purdue and, and audience, we have a spiritual problem. 
because love is not just what you say, what you give somebody tangibly. Love is what you feel in your heart, in your spirit. And that is that spiritual connection that we are to have first and foremost with God as the one who gives us purpose, who put us here on purpose to fulfill a purpose in the earth and to respect the purpose that he's given to our lives, to respect ourselves, to be caretakers of ourselves and to never do anything that would jeopardize that purpose. We live in a world filled with purpose-filled people. And so if we respect God who gives purpose, the purpose that he's given to us, then we ought to respect the purpose that he's given to everybody around us. So that provides that foundation of faith. Now, just as love is spiritual on the good side, hate is spiritual on the bad side. Just as there are good forces, there are bad forces, and we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Uh, But scripture says it's a spiritual fight. And so in the heart of that bully, they're wrestling with something spiritual, whether it's something that's happened in their past, whether it's an insecurity, uh, whether they've been bullied. Because hurting people hurt others, so it's spiritual. That bullying creates something spiritual in the heart of the person that's being bullied. what's really going on at the 
see them acting out on the surface, but you don't understand that spiritual fight that they're engaged in. Parent, the greatest thing you can do for your child is to first pray for them and to love them through whatever they're going through. And knowing that you don't always have the solution. We have to trust in God, and that happens through our faith. To that bully, you don't have to allow the enemy to control your heart. You don't have to allow the enemy to control your mind. God can free you from your own hurt, and you can stop hurting others. Faith is at the heart of all of this, and if we as a community would join our faith, our prayers together, as a religious community, if we open dialogue in our churches, because a lot of this in church yes. and in religious community. If we will allow Great. this issue to be addressed and through faith, joining prayer and faith together, I believe we'll see things turn around. God will turn it around. And together we can love each other back as the children of the living God. God bless you. Thank you for this conversation. <laughs> so, as I try to compose myself as I've been sitting over here crying. The word of God will do that to you. The truth will do it to you. Pastor Meadows, thank you. You touched me a long time ago. On a morning devotional, on Facebook Live. Is you a busy little pup? But I just want to thank you. You are an anointed man of God. And I have to say, the word of God has been a part of my life as long as I can remember. My daddy was a preacher. I was born into this. But there's something different about you, and I have to say this. I'm not from Alabama, sir. I think you know that. And there's something different. I, I don't. This is not, as he would say, to discredit any of the other clergy, pastors, apostles, bishops, preachers, whatever. And I have been to a lot of churches in Alabama. But I come from a place in ministry, not church, that's different. I come from Southern Baptist to the Church of God in Christ, to the Apostolic, to the Pentecostal, then to the non-denominational. And for 26 years, non-denominational, Bishop Walter Hawkins was my pastor. And almost for 26 years, he counseled me, not just preached to me and taught me. But in you, sir, when I met you through Facebook, and you said something that's very important, and I'm glad that you said this. We have to understand something. Social media is a very powerful tool. It's a very powerful platform, a very powerful resource. It can be used for good, and it can be used for bad. I remember my uncle. Another anointed man of God, Elder Bobby Carter. 
He said years ago, we were coming out of the Baptist church one night, evening service, and I don't know what had happened. Bobby, if you hear this, I'm, I'm, I'm telling them. He said this was way back in the 70s, and he said that WWW is going to be the death of us. He was talking about the World Wide Web, the Internet. And that was even before the development of what we now have here, social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all this stuff. MySpace back in the day, y'all remember. But, yeah, y'all had a MySpace account. I had one, too. <laughs> Did you have one? But, Pastor Meadows, I just really, I have to, you know, my parents taught me to give honor and to give credit where credit is due. And I honor all of you today, all of you, all of you. But, sir, you have a teaching spirit, not just a preaching spirit. And something the Lord said to me in 2000, here, although I was planning to come here regardless since 2004, when my parents came back after 40 years, is that I had to come here. And I said, well, Lord, I'm going there. My mama's there. I'm going. But he said, no, Chandra, you have to go there. Your destiny is there. And I said, I don't know how in the world my destiny is in Alabama. As my daddy would say in the red, murky, clay streets of Alabama that I had been coming to all my life. But it was not until 2015 Five years after being here that I started to see why I was here. Not just for my mama. But when I heard you, sir, I heard the voice of the Lord speak to me. I heard you on Facebook. And you so touched my heart, the Spirit of God, through you, that I had to come. I'm still searching. I'm saying that. You know why? So I don't have a problem writing what I write on Facebook saying what I say live. You know why? Because I have been taught to be transparent. He's made my life as such. I can't hide. So what you see with me is what you're going to get. This is it. Whatever you see me doing when I'm not here, it's me. I did it. I'm going to claim it because I believe in taking ownership and responsibility for my actions. But I just want to thank you publicly for your obedience. There's a lot of people, and even in Alabama, I'm really surprised, sir. I know it's the anointing and the Spirit of God because people, our people, typically, they don't want to hear from a child. You can't tell them nothing. The elders, the older ones, are the ones who have all of this knowledge, KD. There was a time, and even now I've seen it, not just here, where people, adults, children, youth, do not want to hear from a younger person, a person younger than them. But for where we are right now, what God has said to me is for such a time as this. For such a time as this, this will go forth. This. In addition to that, sir, ma'am, 
what will be hers. But a child shall leave her. And he's calling forth, he's calling forth children. And all of us are the village. All of us, as we know, and no, this is not about church. This is about bullying. But this is where the, the Holy Ghost took us to, so we're going to be here for a minute. If the Lord allows it, because he's sovereign, which means that he's in control, then it shall be. It shall be so, right? And I truly believe, KD, it's hard for me to look at you. I told you that when we were out at dinner. It's so hard for me to look at you. I don't know why yet. I pray about it. I honestly do. But I really believe there's a major shift that we are now in the midst of. And it's been brewing for a long time right here where y'all came from, this dirt. My dirt. But the struggles that you had to endure, I endured a lot of them too. A lot of those things that you did, I did them too. But as Pastor Meadows said, we are more than what? Overcomers. Okay? So I want all of us to really be encouraged. And I want us, and I'm speaking to myself as well, to watch how we talk to each other, how we speak to each other, how we look at each other, how we text each other, how we post to each other. You know why? Because even if you never lay your hands on somebody, words kill. Words can kill. Let's watch how we treat each other. I heard some I couldn't love my brother because I didn't love myself. I'm about to talk about that coming up in North Hollywood. When I take the Lemonade Chronicles, my first series, panel discussion series, to Los Angeles, North Hollywood. We have to have, Dr. Moore, what they call self-care. Self-love, self-care. You got to take care of yourself. You got to love yourself first before you can love anybody else. We call ourselves Christians, some of us, and we know that what? God is love. One thing I try to do with social media, and I know I fuss a lot. Y'all see me fussing when they get to me. Pray for me. But I try to love unconditionally. I really try to do that. I purposely do that because that's what my parents taught me to do. And then the Lord put it in me to be that way. But I try to do that. We all make a commitment today. Can I admonish you to try to love unconditionally, regardless, whatever? Can we try that a little bit harder? I think it'll lower our blood pressure. Take some of the stress off. And you know what? Like Pastor Meadows said, those boys, we got to love them too. And it's hard. Ooh, 
I see them. I see them all the time. And I don't be wanting to love them. But I'm learning. 